Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Foundation by Story Archives. I'm your host, Mario Busto, alongside the other host, Zachary Newton. Welcome back. You didn't you didn't combine the words there, Zach? No, I I have made the decision since the previous episode to start trying to say the other host instead of your other host to avoid like the uh, mishearing, misinterpretation of you're the host. I because prefer that. I per, I prefer the former. What you were doing before, slurring your words, but um, I bet you do. You know what can I say? You know times change. Times are changing everywhere, right? They are. Yeah. Foundation. The dynasty's going away. Harry is possibly dead. Twice. Gail deciding between Faith and her love of mathematics and Hober and the Home Swarm. That sounds like a punk band, Hober and the Home Swarm. <laughs> I could uh I could I could see a band with that name. Yeah. All right, we're covering season two, episode seven titled A Necessary Death. And uh We've got a couple of questionable, necessary deaths yeah. to talk about in this episode. And who's maybe necessary for the long-term uh, fortune of the galaxy? Or who's maybe not the most ideal? Overall thoughts of the episode before we get into the hot and heavy instant reactions, Zach. It was, it was still a very good episode. I, I think it, for me, it still tops a lot of what we've seen in season one. Uh-huh. However, I think this is the first episode that I've gotten to where I was like, the previous one was better. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's uh, it's a long journey, right? Not everything's going to be the the climax every episode. Of course, you got to have you got to have the setups. I enjoyed this episode a lot. I did too. I I, I'm, not, I, I'm not. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. I, I agree with you. I think there's a um, a trend here with Mark Tondere, the episodes that they're giving him mm-hmm. to direct. That the t- tends to be, I think, more dialogue heavy. In that, uh, I want to pull up, if you can pull up on your end, uh, the Wikipedia for Foundation Season 2 and go down to the episodes, you'll see the directors and um, we can see which episodes he directed on there. I want to take a moment to thank all of you who are tuning in and we hope you are enjoying our coverage of Foundation Season 2. And if you're enjoying our Foundation Season 2 coverage, I will make a direct appeal to each and every one of you out there to check out our new series on Invasion Season 2, which just premiered last night, actually. And it was a great first episode. The stakes are much higher than season one. Season two is off to a little bit of a slower start, but it's not pulling any punches. It's not saving anything for the next episode. It seems like they're just going full throttle, at least to begin. We're getting some answers that we much, much, much wanted to know in season one. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the rest. For all of you out there who are enjoying the show, our five-star army, please help us in the reviews to rise the ranks of the independent podcast world. We thank all of you out there who are tuning in week to week. We see it in the analytics. We see it in the numbers. And we see it in our comments and the emails that are coming in through YouTube, through to our email at contactthesoapbox.house. And we love interacting with you. I was actually just replying to a bunch of comments on YouTube today. And I can't get to all of them. I'm trying to uh, go through the backlog, but I got to be better at that. So we hope you're enjoying the show. And help us combat the negative Nancys out there. No offense to any Nancys out there who gave us the five stars, but help us combat the low reviews with the five stars because, yeah, why not? Anyways, let's get into the show, Zach. Let's do it. To answer your question, though, uh, Mark Tondre, he has, outside of this episode, he's only directed episode four from this season, 
Where which the was, stars one? are scattered thinly. Which was the episode with Hober, right? It's that that first episode where Sarath and Don um, have a moment. Mm, okay, so like a hev- heavy dialogue episode. Hober's right? brought to Terminus. Yeah. Okay, he's brought to Terminus. He gets the mandate from Harry to leave, and then you have that long shot on the. Okay, so seems like Mark Tondre gets a lot of the romance lines, right? Like a lot of the romance episodes. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I think a lot of us. I mean, most of our theories are coming to fruition. In terms of, uh, you know, I saw some audience members out there who were saying this, and I think we talked about it a little bit too, about ho- what Hober was going to do or what he was going to proposition uh, the uh, home swarm with, which is essentially to cut out the middleman, to offer them Opalus because the foundation has found a way to synthesize Opalus, which apparently was um, not possible before. And now they've managed to find a way to do it. And in doing this, they could stop giving 10% of their offspring, as she called it, a tithe to the Imperium of their offspring, which includes her own daughter. Yeah. She bends light. What was the name of the home swarm woman? She at the center or something like that? That's a good question. I didn't catch her name. Yeah. She bends light's mom. That's uh, she bends mom. I guess that's, that's what I'd call it. Chill, bro. You don't know her like that. Anyways. <laughs> Going further into the episode, Polly and Constant find themselves mm, realistically on a suicide mission, and Harry has sort of used his own believers in a way that is a bit, uh, first and foremost, a little bit underwhelming. His uh, face-off with Day, uh, Day did not seem like he had the uh, reaction that maybe Harry was wanting him to, and I'm still trying to figure out what Harry wanted to get out of that Um confrontation and letting the empire know that he's alive so to speak other than kind of proving his own hypocrisy about uh wanting to extend his life but wanting to end the genetic dynasty yeah it 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 was a little underwhelming i didn't really see the the purpose of it i mean unless it's unless it's to draw people out and really start having a conversation or something maybe maybe that he knew that these two would not be taken seriously. I'm not sure beyond that. I'm beginning to get the sense that Polly and Constant are not the biggest believers in Harry Seldon in the room. And actually, the biggest believer in Harry Seldon is Emperor Day. We find out that he studied Harry Seldon's work as a, as a kid, as a child, whatever. And essentially believes in psychohistory so much that it is the foundation of <laughs> his motives for seeking to end the genetic dynasty to end the clone dynasty right and uh if that's not believing in psycho history i don't know what is so what do you think of his declaration of of belief in psycho history in a way that was although making fun of it uh he, you have to believe it to be altering your decision making like that right yeah after what 17 generations of yourself yeah, it's interesting. It's kind of interesting to to I suppose see see little of his own motives behind why he wants to do this and why he wants to destroy the Cleonic dynasty. I I do think there's still a lot of selfish motives in here from him of just wanting to have his own legacy. I agree, but I think it aligns very well with his belief as well. So it's a little convenient, but at the same time, it is what it is. It's not the first time he's getting his cake and eating it too. So let's bring uh, Demerzel as we speak of cake. Um, he's going to marry Sarath, but it seems like he's going to still have his little 
soiree with, uh, you know, Lady D. You know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. And she, it's kind of like the most insightful peek into Demerzel that we get all series, right? She's very vindictive towards Sarath. There's a kind of like this uh, ex-girlfriend meets a new girlfriend type of thing, and the ex-girlfriend's not over the, the boyfriend type of, yeah. type of motive. Because uh, there's a direct confrontation between Sarath and Demerzel where Sarath decides that now is the time similar to Salvor, to start pulling the threads of the Empire. And so she decides to let Demerzel know that she knows she's a robot. Maybe not the best use of it that information. It did not feel like the great or the greatest time to me to, to bring all of this up, by the way. It just it then, felt very impromptu. And then as she visits the fertility doctor or gynecologist or whatever, she decides that that is going to be the time where she outs Demerzel in front of the entire court, pretty much, that uh, Demerzel is sleeping with Day. She essentially says, I know you got a little, you know, agreement with my betrothed. Mm-hmm. And it's at that point where Demerzel says, all right, you want to you wanna play like this? <laughs> how about this? We killed your family. And how about this? I killed your family. And it's the exact type of precise work that is, you know, my specialty. Yeah. What do you think of that threat from Demerzel? And what do you think is at the root of this? Is she still trying to bring down Empire? What is going on with her? Because there's a moment in the episode where Day says, you'll always have a place here, even though I will have a wife and I'll have my own kids that won't be mm-hmm. Cleons. What did you think of Demerzel in this episode? What is at the heart of her motivations here? Well, I, I thought that scene was pretty epic with uh, her and Sarath, but her motivations at the core still confused me a little bit this episode i don't know i like i i kind of felt like there was more of just like a like a real connection between uh demerzel and day than just something being very off with her and her wanting to bring down the uh the empire i'm not quite sure i, I th- this episode kind of makes me go back on my previous opinion a little bit so you're not as convinced anymore that she's trying to bring down empire do you think that she's at at this very moment in time yes i'm not as convinced as i once was i'm not i'm not swinging swinging all the way to the other side Mm. but it's casting a little uh, shadow of doubt in my mind right now that she actually is trying to bring down the uh cleonic dynasty or the empire i guess okay let's talk about ignis a little bit you want to lay the scene of what's going on with Ignis and Salvor and uh, sort of the stuff going on here? Yeah, I mean, the, the big things that happen over here with Salvor and Gale and Ignis, we, I mean, we did call it in the last episodes where it was really Salvor kind of like, you know, I guess getting her head on straight and, you know, knowing something is up, something is wrong. She felt it. And she she's trying to figure out what happened. She doesn't, I don't think she believes that Harry would leave her at all. And we have, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of... Gail, Gail is also confusing me a little bit in this episode. I feel like maybe she's aware of more than she's letting us believe at this point. What did you think about that? When the episode cuts off, I was, first and foremost, I was a little bit surprised that the episode cuts off the way it does. Uh, we haven't, Foundation hasn't really hit us with a lot of cliffhanger stuff, but this is two weeks in a row now where they're hitting us with, I mean, the it was, it's an identical cliffhanger. <laughs> 
you know, yeah. it's the shot of Harry in the pool. Now it's the shot of Harry and Salvor. They're just going to keep on stacking it. Like next, next it's gonna be week, Gale. it's going to be Gale. <laughs> you know, there's, and it, it's just become comedic at some point. They the, send Hober the there. Week after, the week after, Hober. we're going to find out that it was just Gale messing with Tellum. <laughs> Maybe. Like, she was be putting some... visions in her brain. Yeah, you didn't really kill, uh, kill Harry. You killed your own people. I was part expecting Gale to show up out of nowhere. Uh, in mm-hmm. this scene because we do catch her training her new mentalic powers earlier in this episode. Yeah. And she seems a little off guard that Salvor catches her so much so that she freaking force pushes her uh, to the ground. So if Gail's a prodigy, this would be the time to step up because if she doesn't step up, Salvor's not going to die 152 years from now. She's going <laughs> to die next episode. So um, I think... Her sharing her testimony with the people in that round circle, yeah, which is another trailer scene. It is all the trailer lovers out there. Uh, that might have been the moment where Gail starts swaying the popularity of the who's in charge party. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you got the establishment of Tellum, and then you got this, you know, up and coming Gail, who's now you know preaching from a from a different vision of the future. She's talking about shaping the future of the galaxy and not that whatever takes over after the empire falls that it should be something better than the empire which is a trend or not a trend a theme in the episode because what is bell's uh husband's name i I completely blanked Hmm. i will tell you in a minute whatever well he's talking to him who's super naive by the way we're going to get into him a little bit in this episode glaywin glaywin okay first and foremost glaywin who spent about about three episodes ago, he lectures Bell to no end about being a hothead, okay? Or maybe it was four episodes ago. Then proceeds to be, try to beat the living hell out of Hober Mallow, which is your <laughs> only lead on a whisper ship. Yep. I mean, he's all over the place. Not to mention he's super naive. Bell lets him have it. He essentially, like, they go to the bedroom and Bell's like, you know, you're a fool. They're not going to kill me. They're going to kill you and they're going to put my ass back. They're going to imprison <laughs> me again, you know? For 10 years and whatever he called it, I think he called it a naked cell, where they're yeah. going to burn the memory of, of you know, his lover being killed like a million times, you know? And then he says, what everybody should be thinking about really is, if the empire falls, you know, who fills that power vacuum? Yeah. And he goes on a long monologue about how, the, you know, the rapists become the kings and the poor are, are objects. And he has a very bleak vision of what happens if empire falls, so... Empire to him is this necessary evil. It's like if you're going to go vote and you don't like either candidate, but you know, which poison is better? You know, pick your poison, as they say. Yeah. So uh, that's what the Empire is to him because as we know, Light Harry, the one who's possibly dead inside of a pool in Ignis, he essentially does paint Foundation as just being a replacement Empire if they do take over in the current state. That's why the second Foundation is so necessary. So. I mean, we may be running into a collision course here, right? Where Empire fights Foundation 1 and then Foundation 2 fights Foundation 1. That could be a thing. It could It could be a thing. There is a moment, though, between, I guess, Belrios and Glaywin talking where it felt like there, there was at least a moment where there was a possibility that Bell and this entire crew would, I guess, go rogue and join the Foundation in the fight against Empire. Though it was fairly short-lived, I think. A lot of people are going to die regardless of what happens here. Mm-hmm. Because you'll have someone like 
the leader in the home swarm who's scared of the repercussions, right? Yep. Of turning on Empire. And Empire at the end of the day is super powerful. They could just, look, no matter what Harry says, he's bluffing at that court. And that's probably what the purpose of his little transmission communication with Day was, was to bu- uh, to to bluff and try to buy a foundation one more time. Because he's mm. saying, it is mathematically guaranteed we will win. I'm like, all right, let's find out. Let's find out. You know what I mean? If it's yeah. so mathematically guaranteed, why are you letting me know that you are alive? Why are you giving me any sort of peek into what's going on over there? Why not ambush and surprise if it's mathematically guaranteed? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. We could squash you. The Empire literally does this. It's turn of his fingers and goodbye, Foundation. Yeah. The only thing that would save Foundation right now is the fact that it is confirmed that they have technology that has surpassed where the Empire is in, in their, I guess, era of technology, which is baffling to me. But, you know, stagnation over time. Yes. We see it in prosperous countries. They stagnate. They start eating crap on things people like nobody cares about. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, your roads have gone to hell. You know, spending's up the, up the butt. Inflation is crazy. And, and gas you know, is expensive. Yep. You know? All right. Let's talk about Hober. Let's talk about the spacers. And it does feel... I'm a little sad that Hober got away in this episode. And the reason I'm sad is because his storyline was about to get very interesting. Like, if he would have been taken captive by Bell Rios. Yeah. I thought that that would have been a really interesting wrinkle for his story. And I was like, you know... This story would have sucked if he would have gone to the home swarm and then they would have just agreed immediately. You needed some sort of conflict. You needed some sort of hurdle, some obstacle to get in the way of Harry's plan for Hober here. And it turns out, I guess, off camera, Harry told him what the plan was because he came prepared with this vial of, of obelisk. Yeah, he did. I don't know where he's going to go from here. You think he's going to go back to Terminus? I have no idea where he's going to head after this. He jumped somewhere, so Lord knows where he jumped to. Maybe, um, I was told, uh, I can't even say because I think this is a spoiler, so I won't even say it, but I have a feeling I, I may know where he's going to go next. Um, okay. But we did find out, according to Gail in this episode, and this is something that we've known, that although psychohistory is sort of guaranteed, there are outliers who disrupt the math. And Hober is one of those outliers, so let's see where he goes next. Maybe he's just completely deviating from the plan and that's what changes it again. Maybe there is no plan for him to go anywhere next. Hmm. Maybe. I mean, he has probably one of the more interesting storylines at the moment of what's mm. going on. Sarah yeah. feels more hopeless than ever because I thought she had the upper hand with some of the information on Demerzel, but I think she played her hand a little too early. She did. It, it felt foolish to me. Uh, you know, it was not a strategic move. It was an emotional move. Do you think she's actually interested in Don, or do you think she just wants no. to bring down the Empire by any, like, to cause a rift between the three? I don't think she's interested in Don. I mean, I, I get the point of her not wanting to carry the child of the man that killed her family, right? So Don is a potentially a safe alternative where Don has everything to to lose in my opinion it's likely that day wouldn't know that the kid was don's because they are at this point genetically the same even though they're like there's very tiny differences between them mostly their personalities but i don't I think per- she's interested in, in don 
I personally feel Don has a lot to to gain here. There's a lot of incentive for him to. He's a lot to lose and a lot to gain. Yeah. I mean, what do you have to lose, really? You're well, you gonna die. Be, you're gonna have no no, but you're gonna have no legacy. You know what I mean? You're not going to. You're gonna be the only Cleon in history who doesn't take the throne. Okay. You got this older brother version of yourself who's trying to take everything from you. So it's not like Day's not trying to ruin his life, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Then he's always going to be a threat to the throne. So what's next after Day has, you know, gives birth to a son? Or maybe they have empresses, but I think they'll probably follow, like, you know, sons ruling. What happens to Don? He's always a threat to the throne, right? Mm -hmm. He probably gets killed anyways. So if you're Don, I think your goal here really is to sleep with Sarath, to try to kill Day, and you change the genetic dynasty, but you take over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because really the alternatives here, if you're the genetic clones, is Dusk and Dawn should be teaming up to kill Day. They got to get Demers. Well, Sarath is, I mean, look, you put her in the uh, in the royal court. I don't know. I don't know what you do with Sarath. You turn her into another Rue or you send her back to her planet if their intent is to keep the genetic dynasty. But Dawn is definitely keen on um, on Sarath, so... What do you think of Day, man? He really loves this bench where he takes these ladies to. I mean, he took Azora here in season one and um, threatened her family, right? And here he's pretty much, at first I'm thinking he's feeling some sort of empathy and maybe I'm thinking to myself that potentially Demerzel might have been behind Sarah's family's death and Day didn't really have, maybe he wasn't fully for it, but he doubles down and kind of reiterates to her, you know, hey, you know, kiss the ring. Yeah. Too bad. Too bad. Too sad. <laughs> I did like this scene a lot though. And I agree. I had the same thoughts. I thought maybe Demerzel just kind of went rogue for a minute and, and you know, did this. Maybe she was, you know, I don't know, working on her own plan. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I definitely think they, they was the one who gave the orders here to do that uh, and to, to offer family. Overall solid episode, a lot of chess pieces moving into the next position. We have Salvor, who has pulled the thread from Tellum and, you know, either Gale saves the day or everyone dies on Ignis the next episode. <laughs> uh, Polly and Constant are exactly where we thought they'd be in a shit show suicide mission confronting the Empire. Hober is going God knows where after... Escaping Bell Rios, who's mm-hmm. very stupid for letting him just wander to the ship and uh, start programming it like that. And, you know, anyways, but yeah. it's good to see Hober escape. And who am I missing? Day and Sarath. You have the eventual wedding, which I, who, where episode it's gotta seven happen. hasn't happened. We got we to gotta have a wedding or something in this season. Well, right? we got a lot of, um, man, we got some interesting comments on YouTube. We'll go over them on the deep dive on Sunday, but we got some insights into the way things are on Ignis. We got some insights into, you know, theories of what happens next with, with the trio on Ignis. And uh, we can get into that on the deep dive, but I think that just about covers it for this week's instant reaction. We hope you all enjoyed it out there. We hope you're enjoying the foundation or foundation, right? Why didn't they just call the show the foundation? It's yeah. You foundation. know, I don't know. There, there are some names of, of things where, you know, I want the, the in it. Some, I don't want the, the, yeah, this one, I feel like it needs it. It's the foundation. Yeah, yeah, I thought I needed the, the the. But anyways, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you are listening to all the content we're putting out on the channel. Right now, focus is just on Invasion on midweek and 
our two episodes a week on Foundation the Instant Reaction, which you're listening to right now, and our deep dive that releases on nine, at 9 p.m. on Sundays. 9 p.m. Eastern Time for all of you out there who are not on Eastern Time. And in addition to that, when Foundation is over, in about three weeks now, we will be transitioning to put Invasion on our Thursday-Sunday slot. Mm-hmm. At least I think that's the plan. And lastly, if you got any ideas out there, I want to do like a spooky Halloween month. And Apple TV is launching a new show on September 8th called Changelings. Maybe we won't do it exactly on the premiere date, but we want to have like a spooky show to lead up to Halloween. Nothing demonic, but just something kind of just old-fashioned spooky. I mean, there is Servant. Eh. You at least got to watch it. I don't know that we're going to cover that one, but... What I'm we do like a Halloween Halloween movie month, you know? Yeah, do do a movie night, a midweek movie. Like every week, we do one movie. Yeah, and we just talk about that movie. We'll cover some really terrifying movies like Hocus Pocus and Hocus yeah, Pocus Two. Uh, Hocus and, Pocus uh, is the one that, that I've never seen. Hocus Pocus Two. Really? Anyways, Kate, my wife loves it. The people aren't here for it. So I mean, All in right. terms of like the people aren't here to this episode to listen to this, but maybe they are because I'm getting in the mood. I'm getting in the mood for some spooky fall autumn vibes. I went to Starbucks today. Pumpkin spice is uh, back. I know. Baby. I heard that this morning. I was like, yeah, "Is it fall already?" Is oh no, they're just yeah. early. Yep, yep. All right, let's round up this episode, Zach. All right, your outro, sir. Well, before I get to the ash, I wanted to answer a question that you had asked earlier, which was, "Who is she? Ben's light's mother, and that is she is center." Hmm. Okay, that's her name. Well, anyways, thank you for listening to this episode of Foundation by Story Archives. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can visit us on YouTube at Soapbox Podcast Network, where you'll find links to the show and others on the network. You can visit our website at Soapbox.house, email us at contact at Soapbox.house. And we do have two links in the description below, one to sign up for our quarterly newsletter and the other to fill out a form that we have open right now as we collect information on our journey to build this network. Awesome. We hope you all are staying safe out there and that you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, please respect and enjoy the peace. Unless you'd like to be submersed in a very deep pool with Tellum standing by watching you. Good night.